The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show whose background is kind of falling apart. we got to do some work. <laughs> My name's Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook. Or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing a part to support your local mediocre internet show. All right, everybody, everybody, we're all going to be very nice <laughs> to our producer today, Ashley Pickle, because Ashley's not feeling well. She's toughing it out for the sake of the show. Thank you, Ashley, for being here. You're welcome. That could be the last thing you say. All right, that all works right. for me. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and sitting to my right... The Cowboys versus a bad team to my Cowboys versus a good team. Our West African <laughs> prince, Ishmael Johnson. Yeah, I mean, you know. It's it slander season. Go oh, ahead, man. It's, oh, it's Go great. ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I get free reign? You get free reign. Oh, okay. Here was, some, uh, here was some Cowboys slander. All I heard was that Kellen Moore was going to rescue this offense. <laughs> and they play one good defense. And they lose to a team who kicks four field goals. And a quarterback who was backing – it was a backup – and didn't know if he was going to walk again three years ago. So, yeah, there's that new revolutionary offense. It's at Ishmael R. Johnson <laughs> on Twitter. At Ishmael R. Johnson. Send oh, your God, they'll be way. fine. They'll win the division. They'll m- m- probably make the conference finals or conference championship. Who knows? They'll be fine. But today I'll is get my fun in. Yeah, I know. Get it in. Today is Monday, September 30th, 2019. 59 days till Thanksgiving. Episode 826. 826, the number of games played by David Murphy. It was Lester's Texas Ridge career. That my Fox Sports Southwest colleague. There you go. I had a conversation with him two weeks ago. And it was pretty cool because he's like my mom's all-time favorite ranger. Anyway, and by the way, this is the thing about David Murphy, a very quick David Murphy story. I told him that last year. I said, I need to get a picture with you because I need to send it to my mom because you're my mom's all-time favorite ranger. And he turns to me and goes, you know what? I get that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're my mom's favorite ranger. (laughs) I I appreciate his (laughs) self-awareness. His self-awareness of like, oh, clean-cut Baylor kid, you know, uh, pull himself up by his bootstraps, you know, real lunch pail type guy. That's funny. Um, okay, on today's show, we're going an hour. We'll do it live. F it, we'll do it live. Monday morning fallout. We're going to reveal the rankings, our, 2000, our week six Texas High School Ball State rankings, the rankings of record in the state of Texas. Then, 1230, Katie Maid Creek is 5-0. and I'm going to say that again. I'm going to look directly into mm-hmm. the camera and say this. Katie Maid Creek, the Rams, are 5-0. and and we will talk with their head coach, Mike Rabe, coming up here at 12.30. We're going to announce the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees as well as the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. And then we'll finish it off with a campus crawl with, of course, a mystery order. <laughs> That's coming up here. But for now, Ashley, hit the air. It's iron. It's time for Monday morning fallout. Of course, when we overreact to the football weekend. What a weekend it was across the Lone Star State. We'll start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, statements made. 
This struck me as a weekend in which a number of teams in the high school football ranks made statements, not just to their division, or rather not just to their district, but to the state. Uh, Example, Alvin Shadow Creek. Mm -hmm. We figured, we knew the Angleton, and we knew and know that the Angleton defense is really good. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. Um. And all Shadow Creek did was go out there and thump them. Uh, if it's true, what we were saying a couple weeks ago, that when Lone Star beat Highland Park, if it's true that that means that that broke the the seal the glass ceiling for all those teams and that 5A Division one is now wide open, Alvin Shadow Creek raised their hand and said, we want some of that. Mm-hmm. That was a very impressive win by them. Longview. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I did not expect that at all. <laughs> Guys, not, not Longview putting up points. No, Rockwall no, no. putting up nothing. <laughs> Rockwall didn't score a touchdown, <laughs> guys. And this was the fourth best offense in 6A yeah. coming into this game, and they got stymied by Longview. An absolute masterclass. 49 to 3. Yeah. Longview, Ugh. dominant, dominant effort. I watched them the week before that they went on, and I was like, this is going to be a really good game. Yeah. Yeah, you saw Rockwall. Did, yeah. And uh, they looked so good, and then they go to Longview, and that was just terrible. It was just a demolition. Mm-hmm. Really impressive. I was like, hey, you, we heard you. Longview was like, hey, we heard you haven't been impressed with what we've been doing this year. Yeah. All right, let's watch this. <laughs> um, I think Gilmer made a big statement. Oh, yeah. Beating beating Newton, handing Newton their first loss in 33 game in, games, ending the state's longest winning streak. I thought San Antonio Brandeis made a statement. Toppling San Antonio Brennan and taking control of District 28-6A and doing so in emphatic fashion. Really impressive. I thought Stratford made a statement. Mm-hmm. Drilling Hamlin. Oh. Which, by the way, we'll get to the 2A Division II rankings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else? I thought, I thought Refurio made a statement. Mm-hmm. Um, coming back against Mart, taking that punch... Coming back and beating Mart, I th- and, and and exacting a little bit of revenge, I thought they made some, they made a statement too. It was statement Friday on Friday night, and a number of teams across the state made that statement. Thought number two: confirmation bias. So, in the college football ranks, we have, um, I think that that we feel like at this point, we felt like we had a decent feel on on most teams. We felt like. Things were going pretty well. We're like, okay, we know what this team is about. We know what this team is about. And some of those teams confirmed those things to us. SMU confirmed it to us. What they did at USF, we, f- we thought they were a favorite. We thought they were the better team. They go on the road, and they showed we're the better team. They're now ranked for the first time in, I think, 30-something years. 33. 33 years. Mm. That was, that was con- confirmation. I hate to say it, but I think A and M confirmed that we that they are who we think we are. They are, yeah. Which is a team that has a high upside that doesn't always reach it. Mm-hmm. That that tends to play to the level of their competition because they are a way better team than Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't know it watching that game. Now, part of it is, as I've been saying on Twitter, that is the Southwest Conference El Asico. It right. is just it is <laughs> a, a weird game every year. No matter how no good matter, the teams yes. are, how bad the teams are, it could be it could be number one Arkansas yeah. against a winless and coachless and quarterbackless 
A&M team. And it'll be... St- it'll be 31-30. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be fine away. But still, that was a little bit concerning. Yeah. I think Tech showed that they are who we thought they were. At least without Alan Bowman. At least without Alan Bowman. And there's going to be a lot of teams that get their pants pulled down in Norman. And Texas Tech is just the, the latest of them. But then there were teams that I think showed a little bit of fight. I think Arkansas... Or not Arkansas. Uh, I think TCU showed some fight against yes. Kansas. And I understand it's Kansas, and they're still Kansas. But that's a better Kansas team, and we had big questions about TCU. Yep. I think they answered the bell. On the same token, Houston. Mm-hmm. What in the heck? <laughs> after a week, after the one of the worst weeks for a Texas college football team in years, mm-hmm. one of the weirdest weeks, they go out there on the road and make short work of yeah. North Texas. Some thoughts about North Texas, too, but... It was bad. Anyway, <laughs> confirmation bias. My thought, second thought. And thought number three, week six, week six, week six. Guys, I don't know if you guys have meandered over to uh, to what week six has in store. Mm, got some fireworks. Y'all. I'm picking the, I'm, I'm a little behind the scenes. I'm picking the pick'em games right now. And I'm like, man, there is a lot to choose from. <laughs> An incomplete list of bangers in week six. <laughs> South Lake Carroll and Geyer. Okay. Pretty good start. Yes, please. How about a battle of unbeatens between Katie and Katie Tompkins? How about a battle of unbeatens between Beaumont United and Beaumont Westbrook? Mm. I'm so excited about that game. How about Bredham and Georgetown Eastview? We'll mm-hmm. find out. I think Georgetown Eastview could go out there and win the district if they win this game. How about Carthage and Pleasant Grove? <laughs> How about Carthage and Pleasant That's a Grove. state title level game. That is a, that is a banger of the highest order. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you're into the kind of hipstery type games, we've got a Battle of Unbeatens, Weimar and Flatonia. Mm-hmm. If you're into the 2A type, or I, I think Round Rock and Vandegrift Battle of Unbeatens. Mm-hmm. Another Battle of Unbeatens, Pasadena, Adobe, and Umble, the Battle of Unbeatens. It is a ludicrous week of Texas high school football. Week six is going to be maybe the best week yet. Huge games all across the state. Really excited. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker to Lubbock Coronado quarterback Sawyer Robertson, who goes 12 of 15 for 453 yards and six touchdowns. So half of his completions went for scores. (laughs) And by the way, he did that in one half. (laughs) Lubbock Coronado. Oh, God. Spoiler alert, they won. Houston Baptist quarterback Bailey Zappi. 43 of 59, 498 yards, and a school record seven touchdown passes for Bailey Zappi, the pride of Victoria, for the Huskies. He gets a helmet sticker. That's a great last name. Zappi? I like that. He was awesome in, in Victoria, Victoria East. And finally, Pleasanton wide receiver Dalton Hobbs caught eight passes for 203 yards and three touchdowns. By the way, Pleasanton unbeaten. One of two teams in that district unbeaten. Beville Jones unbeaten as well. Pleasanton wide receiver Dalton Hobbs gets a helmet sticker. Teams to watch. We'll talk with our coach here in a moment. Katie Maid Creek. They drilled Katie Cinco Ranch. Now, Katie Cinco Ranch is in a bad way, right? Yeah. But that is a traditional power mm-hmm. in that district, in the Katie area. Traditionally, the second best team in Katie, basically. Sure. And Maid Creek is now 5-0 and and rolling. The Rams mm-hmm. are for real. Yep. And we're going to talk with our coach Mike Rabe coming up here in a moment. Rice. All right. 
guys, <laughs> I sat here on this show, oh. me and Matt Wilson, and we called our shot, and we said, Rice is going to beat Louisiana Tech. Wrong, <sighs> like I said. <laughs> like so I close. said. Oh, so close. Tantalizingly close. So close. A, 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 oh, a couple of defensive mishaps in the last drive that let La Tech drive down the field oh. and kick a field goal to tie it. I was at the North Texas oh. game when that happened, which was obviously a terrible game, but I looked at my phone and that was probably the best notification that I got <laughs> all <laughs> night oh. long. It was like so Rice close. went up 30 seconds. What was it, like a minute? Like 30 seconds? I was, te- I was texting with Matt Wilson, too. I was yeah. like, dude! <laughs> I saw Shahan in the press box, and I was like, did you see the score? Oh, Rice. They're getting closer, man. They are getting closer. The breakthrough is coming. I bl- I'm, 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 I'm in on Rice. I know they're, I know they're own five, but like, I am, I, that is an airport. Best own five team in the country. <laughs> and Frisco. Yes. Raccoon's back. Raccoon Hive. Okay. Guys. That game was so much fun. <laughs> you were there, right? I was there. Me and Joseph uh, Hoyt were there for the Dallas Morning News. He was blowing up the side Oh, chat. my God. It was amazing. Uh, uh, Frisco, keep an eye out for Chase Lowry from Frisco. That kid is a star. He is really, really good. Um, he made a huge play. Like So, Frisco went up 20 to they jumped on nothing or 20 nothing in like three minutes yeah it was like it was like a it was a disastrous start for reedy um frisco came out and then reedy basically shut down the offense and just started mounting a comeback of their own yeah and then frisco had a counter punch and yeah. they uh, uh chase lowry had an incredible catch uh with a couple of seconds to go and they drove in and it was god what a that was a great game great crowd too. It started off a little uh shaky with the crowd but they they fled in. They filled it up a little. Uh, filled up the star, and man, that offense looks really impressive. I'm telling now. you, that man, Jeff Harbert. Really Jeff Harbert's got those raccoons cooking. Oh yeah, those are three teams to watch. Three teams to worry about. Paris got kind of blowed up mm-hmm. by Melissa. Melissa hung fifty two on him. Yeah, uh, really impressive stuff from Melissa. But I'm a little worried about Paris now. North Texas. That stunk. Mm-hmm. That was an egg mm-hmm. that they laid at home against a wounded Houston team that was playing not just with their starting quarterback and not just with one of their top receivers in Keith Corbin, but without two starting offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And Clayton Toon tuned up the band, oh. and that was not. That was. I, I'm start. I'm just starting to wonder if this is just a, a middle of the road CUSA team. I'm just. I'm that. That's a super discouraging loss to me. That's a real like. Yeah, like it wasn't, and it wasn't even like Houston hit big plays, and like you know, it, you look at Tune's stat line, it's like oh, it wasn't that impressive. You know, he hit they, they hit a lot of big plays, like 90, 60 yard, you know, like very incredible chunk plays. But it's like North Texas had nothing to respond with. Yeah, and this is supposed to be this is supposed to be the peak of this this team, right? Like yeah. the the peak set the trail Mason Fine team, and I mean, who knows? Yeah, you know, we'll get we'll get to see USA conference. Yeah, schedule we'll play, happens, but, but oh man, not it's not looking start. not looking impre- uh, impressive. Finally, Quero, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one and four. Yeah, they lose thirty three to eight to Wharton. We knew that they were replacing a big senior class, but uh, and look, they get a bye, and then they go into district play. And Wimberley looks pretty good, and Navarro looks pretty good, but but then they get the fighting Brady Keens. And they get Bandera, <laughs> five and zero oh Bandera, five and zero oh Bandera. Um, very very discouraged by Quero so far. One and four, it's, it's four straight losses. It's uh, you know, Travis Reeve will get them going, but that's that's a discouraging start mm-hmm. there. <clears throat> and that is Monday morning fallout. 
We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Please consider becoming Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash Insider. All right. It's time. It's time to unveil the Week 5, Week 6 rather, statewide Texas high school football rankings uh, by Dave Campbell's Texas football, compiled by the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff. Dave Campbell's Texas football has published the state's most respected Texas high school football rankings for decades. It is the official rankings provider of the Associated Press starting in 2019. You can, of course, find these rankings at texasfootball.com slash rankings. We're putting up the story right after I finish talking. So here we go. We will start with Class 6A. And top 20, top 17, real chalky. Everyone's the same. Uh, but we uh, we lost number 17 Rockwall, or number 16 Rockwall with their loss to, uh, or 17, rather. Rockwall with their loss to, to Longview. They drop out. Uh, we also had some churn at the bottom. Sybil of Steel drops out uh, as well. But we have three newcomers, kind of newcomers. Klein Collins is back in the top 25, moving up to number 23 uh, with their big win at 5-0. Ulyss Trinity class. Uh, uh, crashed the top 25 for the first time this year at number 24. And San Antonio Brandeis, the Broncos, impressive stuff over San Antonio Brennan. They are state-ranked at number 25. The top 10, entirely the same. Duncanville, Katie, Allen, Longview, North Shore, Westlake, Geyer, Carroll, Geyer, Geyer and Carroll this week. Westbrook and Judson round out the top 10. To 5A we go, where we have a new number two at Dave Campbell's Texas Football as Alvin Shadow Creek leapfrogs Denton Ryan for number two in the 5A Division I rankings with their impressive win over Angleton. Ryan down just a spot despite a win with uh, uh, from number two to number three. Hutto moves up a spot. Richmond Foster moves up a spot. Lancaster moves up a spot. Wagner moves up a spot. And new to the rankings, number 10 in the 5 and 0. Abilene Cooper Cougars are ranked at number 10 in Dave Campbell's Texas football. To 5A Division II we go, where top three stay the same. Alito Manville uh, and Corpus Christi Cal Allen. A&M Consolidated Leapfrogs uh, uh, Fort Penn Marshall for number four after their impressive win over Huntsville. Hump, Huntsville tumbles to number nine but stays in the state rankings. Lubbock Cooper... <coughs> Port Nature's Groves all up a spot. Lamar consolidated up two spots and back in the rankings. Port Lavaca Calhoun with an impressive win over Gregory Portland. To 4A we go where everyone except number five is here. Uh, number five, who lost? Who was that? That's disappointing. I shouldn't be able to look at that. Uh, anyway, uh Everything remains the same there uh, for the most part. Argyle, Carthage, and Waco La Vega. Uh, plus Paris. Paris, thank you. Paris, number five, tumbles out of the rankings uh, with their loss to Melissa. A new team, well, once in future team. Lamb passes back in the top five, or top ten, rather. They uh, jump into number ten. Brownwood all the way up to number eight. Keep an eye on them. In 4A Division two, Chalky all the way until number nine. Pleasant Grove, Connolly, West Orange, Stark, Midland, Greenwood, Lubbock, Estacado, Gilmer, and Sunnyvale, all winners. Idle Robinson stays the same at number 8. Geronimo Navarro jumps up a spot from number 10. And into the rankings, the Fairfield Eagles at 4-1. They beat Lorena, 41-21, earn a spot in the 4A Division 2 top 10. Down to 3A we go. 
where Wall is up again to number three after Cameron Yo tumbles out of the rankings with a loss to Troy. Jefferson up a spot. Bushland up two spots to number five. Uh, Atlanta stays the same at number six with a win over Redwater. Rockdale, Idle Rockdale, and Dieball uh, are uh, winners this week as they uh, move up a spot despite not playing. And two newcomers. Number nine, Pottsboro. The Cardinals are 5-0 and with a 63-14 win over Commerce. They are number nine. And number 10, Eastland, 5-0 and as well. Baron Morton and company are 5-0 and with a 39-22 win over Jacksboro. To 3A Division 2 we go, where we have a new number one. The Canadian Wildcats are the number one team in 3A Division 2 after taking care of Grapevine Faith Christian 49-35. to East Bernard up a spot to number two, while Newton tumbles from number one to number three with their first loss in 33 games. Everything else relatively chalky until you get down to the bottom, where Friona... The Chieftains at 5-0 are ranked for the first time. A 39-35 winner over Dalhart. They are number 10 in Dave Campbell's Texas football. On to 2A where we lost number 5, but everyone else moved up a spot. Hawley up a spot. New Deal despite being idols up a spot. Holland up a spot. Mason up a spot. Alto up a spot. Top 4 remains the same. Refurio, Shiner, San Saba, and San Augustine. New to the pole. Post. The Antelopes at 5-0, a 42-14 winner over Slayton. They are ranked in Dave Campbell's Texas football for the first time. And in 2A Division 2, we have a new number one as Hamlin tumbles from number one to number 10 with a loss to Stratford. That Stratford Elks team moves up to number four from number nine. Impressive 39-6 winners. Fall City, your new number one. The Beavers beat Nixon Smiley 63-28. Albany up a spot, up two spots from number uh, number four to number two. Mart stays the same at two and three. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Mart stays the same at number three despite a loss to Refurio. They are now two and three, but stay number three in Dave Campbell's Texas football. We'll discuss that here in a moment. Everything else relatively chalky. Uh, the newcomer to the rankings, Groover. Uh, up to number nine with a 51-6 win over Amarillo Highland Park. Two-way division two is such a mess. To six-man football we go. In 1A Division One. Borden County, big winners over White Deer. They leapfrog all the way up to number five. McLean up a spot to number four with a win over LaForce. Uh, White Deer and Milford both, uh, both lose in this week. Uh, they drop to number four and number five respectively. Everything else relatively chalky until you get to number ten. Rankin, the Red Devils are 5-0, and and they are ranked in Dave Campbell's Texas football at 1A Division I. They beat Garden City 60-46. Very impressive. In 1A Division Two, the top two remain the same, and that's basically it. Grand Falls Royalty, despite a loss, was very competitive in their win- or in their game with Balmeray. They jump all the way up to number three. Uh, Richland Springs was idle. They stay at number four. Calvert, a big mover. They move from number five to number 10 with a win over Oakwood. Uh, Motley County and Oakwood uh, tumbled to number seven and eight, respectively, with losses. Two newcomers to the rankings. Number nine, Gordon. They are 4-1 and one after a 64-16 win over Blanket. And number 10, Brooksmith, 5-0, 66-16, Mercy Rule winners over Paint Rock. <clears throat> Almost done. <laughs> to the private school ranks we go. In 11-man football, Cedar Hill Trinity remains the same, but Fort Worth Nolan all the way up to number 2. Uh, Houston Second Baptist moves up to number 3. And new two newcomers to the 11-man rankings, Austin Regents with a 38-14 win over Wimberley. They are up to number 4. And number 5, Dallas Parish Episcopal re- returns to the top 5 with a 41-3 dominant win over Addison Trinity Christian. And in the 6-man ranks, top 2 remain the same. Baytown Christian and Houston Emery Weiner. 
Dallas Lake Hill Prep topples Gainesville Lone Star North to move up to number four. Bulverde Bracket stays the same at number five, but a newcomer to the rankings. 5-0 and Watauga Harvest Christian. They are 5-0, and and they are ranked number four, according to Dave Campbell's Texas Football, with a 48-0 win over Parkview. Those are your Week 6 Dave Campbell's Texas Football rankings. You can find them now at texasfootball.com and at texasfootball.com slash rankings. Make sure you check them out. Uh, and now, so now... Ish, I want to talk about one thing before we get Mike Rape on the phone mm -hmm. because we were talking about this. Yeah, and you asked, I think, what is a very good question, which is, would been too nice to Mart? So Mart is now two and three, mm -hmm. and remains number uh, three, three in Dave Campbell's Texas Football's two A Division two rankings. Yeah, and obviously, there's going to be a lot of. I think there will be a lot of talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, but what I want to know is. Do you think we're being too kind to Mart? I think we are. Um, okay. Because you can look at their losses and say, I don't think any of their losses have been to 2A Division II teams. Correct. Right? It's been 2A Division I and 3A Division II. Um, and in a way, I get that because they lost to Franklin last year. I don't think we knocked them off the top spot last year when they mm -hmm. did uh, either. Um, and they were beating Refurio for the most part until Refurio had an incredible comeback. Um, but my argument was that or my, my question kind of stemmed from the fact that in this case, right, in particular, this was our chance to drop Mart. Yeah. Right? And because I, I don't see another loss until they get to the playoffs. Probably Meridian, Wortham, They're, Hubbard, uh, Dawson, Frost. I they, will be, they will be favored in the rest of their They'll regular be season. They'll be huge favorites yeah. for the rest of the season. And so then you're looking at maybe – I don't know. I feel like th uh, that was that's kind of the stem of my argument was I feel like that was our chance to drop Mart. You know, I don't think they they're not they're not out of the top 10, right? I mean, like these losses are, you know, quote unquote good losses. Yeah. They're not going to be unranked, but I feel like this was our chance to drop them to about the 5-6 range and I don't know what else they could have done to fall in well, outside of So that. here's my thing. Is that basically my thought on Mart this and, and this is going to be I think a point of contention. Mm -hmm. Mart is now 2 and 3. But every one of their losses is to a bigger team, right? By one score. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not true. They lost to Holland twenty to three, but that right. was a game that, again, every one of those games, I feel like is it's perfectly indicative of a team mm -hmm. that is suiting up twenty four kids uh, up against a deeper team. There, it was a close game in the fourth quarter against mm -hmm. Holland. They they uh, Holland pulls away. Right. Close game late against Franklin. Franklin pulls away. Close game against Refurio. They jump out to a big lead. Wear down towards the end. Sure. Um, they are also, I would also say this, I think they are the beneficiary of total chaos in 2A Division 2. That's fair. Like, like uh, you know, when I say all this stuff, I'm not saying that Mart's, I mean, I, I'm still keeping in mind that Mart still should probably be a favorite to make the title game and yes. probably win. Like, just because, <laughs> like you mentioned, the chaos is going on. This is more of just solely for the purpose of the rankings yes. and kind of looking at it like that. I think so. So it is, that was one of the things we struggled with, we, we, like what to do mm -hmm. with them. And that's always the interesting thing here is, how much does benefit of the doubt go? How right. far does it go? Because right. on one hand, Mart is like there. Are, there's about a list of about six teams mm -hmm. that I think get the benefit of the doubt until they tell you that they're not that that they don't get it yeah. right. And Mart is on that list. Sure, but at some point, how much like how much do the losses matter? Because it's right. like they're good losses, mm -hmm. but at some point they're still losses. Mm -hmm. 
it's an interesting case. It's kind of like, I mean, it's not the same level, but it's kind of what we, what we were talking about with Rice. Yes. It's like, right. Rice, they're so much better than last year. Right. But they're still 0-5. But they're like, still 0-5. <laughs> like, I think their loss to Baylor was a good loss. Right. Their loss this week to Louisiana Tech, a good loss. Their loss to Army, good loss. Yeah. Those are three really good losses. Yeah. But at some point, you start taking the word good off of them. Right. And, and they're, they're just, just losses. It's an interesting case, and, and I, I think that I think reasonable people reasonable people could disagree on that. Now I will say, like now you know when if they go through and run through the schedule, like we think they should. Yes. Like, and granted, let's say that everything holds fairly the same in two. Yeah. Once we get the district, um, I don't see them at least in the regular season. I don't see them reclaiming that top spot just because no. we're going to be expecting them to run through this the schedule. You know, until they get to the or the playoffs, we don't do rankings, but you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, they run through this schedule. They're heavily favored for, and if Fall City hold, if you know who are the other teams I'm looking at, um, uh, Albany hold, yeah. Stratford, or Great, you know, like I don't want to say they'll drop, but like you know, three is probably the highest they can go right I now. Agree. So it's it's an interesting case, and, and it was one that like I knew I saw coming. Sure. While we were sitting there, literally, we were sitting there on Friday night. Yeah. Um, watching Refurio come back. <laughs> watching Refurio come back, and I go, man, we're going to have a weird decision with them because yeah. there, there's there's compelling argument on both sides. Mm-hmm. In any case, we are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash Insider. It's our subscription package. You get two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including computer projections of every Texas high school football game, computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, insider podcasts, all that good stuff, all for a low, low price. Go to TexasFootball.com slash Insider to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Ashley, let's go to the hotline, and let's bring in the head coach of the 5-0 KD Made Creek Rams. We are joined by Coach Mike Rabe. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I imagine things are going pretty well around your, your neck of the woods right now. We're, we're about to get into our open week, so yeah, we're, we're pretty excited. You guys are 5-0 and o for the first time in program history uh, after a really impressive win over Katie Cinco Ranch. And I, I kind of want to ask you a little bit about that game on, on Friday night because you guys are you're taking on a team uh, in Cinco Ranch that, of course, has, has, a, has a great pedigree, a, a, team that I, a program that I know you, you have a lot of respect for down there. Uh, obviously, they are not up to, they're not playing to the standard that they're, they're used to right now and you guys are rolling. But at the same time, Sometimes there are teams that you look across and you get scared by the name on the chest. Um, I'm interested kind of in what your message was going into Friday night, knowing that, look, you guys are probably playing better ball than they are right now, but it's still a team that has a little bit maybe better pedigree than y'all. Uh, you know, I didn't, we didn't really change focus for, for anything going into this game. Uh, we've, been, we've been really hard on our guys about just executing, uh, taking care of their assignment in every game, and, and the games will pan out however they pan out, man. Yeah, I thought our kids did a good job of going in with that mind frame going into that football game. Uh, meanwhile, you guys jump all over them and, and jump out to to a big early lead uh, against them. I'm interested, kind of, in, in how important you feel like that was uh, in, in a game, in, in obviously a critical district game uh, for y'all. How important was it for you guys to start fast? 
Yeah, we, we thought it was really big for us. I thought it was, uh, you know, just kind of knock some of the nerves off, get into the first district game, get a get a quick lead, and then you know be able to manage the football game a little bit better with the run game. Yeah, I think it, I think that really helped us. Uh, we're talking with uh, Mike Rabe, head coach of Katie Mae Creek here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation hashtag TF Today, uh, Coach. It's been a build. Uh, you're there in your fifth season there at, at Maid Creek, and and uh, it's. It has not always been sunshine and daffodils. I'm, I'm interested in, in how you've seen this program change over the course of your time there. Uh, you know, the, the just the buy-in to the program has gotten better every single year. We This this group of guys that's the seniors for us right now, they were, uh, they when they came in as freshmen, they, they were good in junior high. They had a good, successful season in junior high. They, they came to us as freshmen. They had a, a pretty successful freshman year. Uh, and then we ended up having to play quite a few of those guys on, on varsity. Uh, sophomores and so uh, the class behind them that's juniors right now was also really good ended up going nine and one in district uh, so we knew we had a really good group coming uh, so it's been fun to watch those guys grow we had to put those guys in a lot of spots where they, they probably weren't ready to be varsity football players there's 19 of them on our team that at some point played as sophomores uh, so you know it's they were out there going through the struggles but you could see you could see them getting better each week so it's fun to have a those two groups together right now, being able to compete. Well, and by the way, this is not for those who don't know. This is not the first time you've you've pulled this trick before, where you've taken over a program that was struggling uh, and, and turned them around. You, you did it again at you did it back in Ganado, where you took over a team that was one and nine and really you know down in the dumps and end up taking them to back to back state semifinal appearances. So I, I guess when you're building a program and you're taking over a program that that hasn't had the kind of success that that, that they want. What is that first step? How do you get them moving in the right direction? Because clearly you got the magic touch right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's any. You know, we just try to stay consistent. You know, with our guys. Uh, you know, we're just we're, we try to be committed to getting better every day. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's any uh, any magic trick to it or anything. I mean, we just we have a vision of what we want it to look like, and we just work towards that every day. And uh, you know, we get kids that that buy into it and they get excited about football and. Uh, you know, things start going our way after a while. So it's, uh, you know, I've got, I've been lucky at, at all those schools to end up putting really good staffs around me uh, of guys that can get kids motivated in different ways. And, you know, we're fortunate enough to be able to do that here right now. We've been able to do that at the last two schools that I was at. So uh, I really don't know. Uh, I've never been in any other situation as a head coach except for those. So I don't really know any other way to do it. <laughs> yeah, you, you you don't know what it's like to walk into a program and be like, oh, yeah, we're just we're ready to win a state championship right now. <laughs> you know, you know, I haven't been there before. Uh, I want to talk about your defense. This has been uh, – this unit, I, I feel like, has been a revelation for you guys. Last year – Defense gives up around 37 points a game. Uh, you know, kind of had a tendency to give up the big play at the wrong time, too. Uh, now you guys are rolling right now, and I would say that this is the strength of your team right now on the defensive side. What what has changed? What is what is what is working for you guys defensively this year? Uh, you know, we brought in uh, Coach Johnson, who he was with me when we were at Conley. We brought him in last year, and uh, you know, we went from being an odd front to more of a four-man front, and and played with that a little bit throughout the year to see what would fit our kids. Uh, you know, with the last maybe three or four football games to go in the season of last year, uh, I thought Coach Johnson had really found out what fit our kids well. Uh, he built on that in the in the spring, and, and they've just been they're they're super bought into it. Uh, that's that coaching staff on the the defense side of the ball does an outstanding job with the guys they got. They put them in great positions, uh, and so it's just made a made a huge difference. I mean, they they've done an outstanding job of getting those guys playing. On the other side of the ball, um, 
boy, it feels like you could just hand the ball to pretty much anybody. You guys, you had three guys go for more than 100, 130 yards in that one. Uh, I would say that probably, if there is a headliner for your three-headed attack, probably be Julius Lafferidge, but but it feels like uh, between him, uh, between Daniel Hury, and between and with Jacoby Wilson, it feels like you guys are, are really doing big stuff on the ground. I, I, I'm, I'm interested in, in how you go about distributing the carries to, to three guys who seems like are, are really fun in their groove right now. Yeah, it's a... Uh... You know, they, they don't care who touches it. They just want to be able to move the, the ball. So that makes it, you know, there's no egos on, on that side. We've got wide receivers that, you know, that are really good too that we don't get to use all the time because we got to get the ball to, you know, the ball goes to those guys. But they do a great job of blocking. So it's, been, you know, it's just a really good bunch of kids on offense. All those guys have been, uh, besides Lawfridge, all those other guys have all been there uh, with us and they've all been on varsity since they were sophomores, so they understand the scheme. Uh, it's just it's easy to go in and game plan and and get those guys in different positions, and it just makes it where it's real fun to coach on the offensive side. Um, we're talking with Mike Rabe, the head coach at Katie Maid Creek here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF Day. Um, is the did your? I guess the question I have is. Do your kids understand that five and zero is pretty special? Like, is 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 there a different vibe around the program right now? That that because because right now this is something that's never been done in program history. It's it's been. Do you feel like there is a, a new energy around this program right now? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, our kids are excited. I mean, they they know that they're doing well. Uh, you know, they're they're not overly excited where they're not focused on going into this next football game. But but they, you know, they get it and and. It's always way. It feels way better when you win games and you show up to the field house the next day than it does when you lose them. So uh, you know they're, but they're still hungry to get better at football, and that's been that's the exciting thing about coaching them right now. So they're coming in wanting to see what they did wrong last week, and, and even though we did well, they want to get better, and, and they look forward to, to rolling throughout the rest of the district. I'm very careful of, of how I phrase questions like this because it's not a bye week and it's not an off week. It's an open week for you guys. You just don't have a game on Friday, and I know that that there's no there's no rest for you guys. What are you What are you hoping to accomplish in this open week? I, I think it's a good time to get back to some fundamental things and uh, and clean some things up. I, I, we've we've definitely got some aspects that we've got to get better at. Uh, we we're also going to take a you know a big opportunity to work on our special teams. Mm-hmm. You start playing throughout this district, and then the teams are really good in our district. You're going to have to be able to try to win that third phase of the game. So we'll we'll spend a lot of time on that, uh, you know, and get get in the weight room and, and get some of this soreness and bumps out, and and just try to get mentally prepared going into next week. We're fortunate that going into our next district game is on a Thursday night, so it it, it kind of shortens down the time that we're off, and we can get back at it again quicker. Uh, you mentioned your district, District 19, uh, 19-6A. You guys are 1-0 in district, uh, but there are still there's still some work to do. I imagine you'll have some pretty close eyes on on this week's Katie versus Tompkins game. But but overall, when you take a look at District 19-6A, uh, obviously there's a team that people may have heard of there, but a lot of other really good teams. I'm interested from your perspective of how you how you view District 19-6A from, from, from where you're sitting. Uh, it's it's a good district. I mean, it's a it's competitive every week. Uh, you'll see games that are that come down to the last minute and are won by field goals, and it happens. It doesn't matter who's where they are record wise when you get into the thing. I mean, we've been we've been on the lower end of that thing, and we've made a bunch of football games interesting. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so I wouldn't expect it to be any different than that. It's it's always going to be tight, uh, and it, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be real competitive. Uh- not going to ask you to give away your game plan, but I know you're probably already looking at uh, at some film for Katie Tompkins. That's uh, your next opponent after your open week. Um, when when you take a look at at, at the unde- undefeated Falcons, uh, what do you see? 
Uh, they're good. I mean, they're they, they don't they make very few mistakes. Uh, they're real sound on defense. They've got good quarterback, good running back. Uh, they got a bunch of wide receivers that can play as well. So uh, they're just a real complete team. Uh, they're they're good. They'll be. Uh, I imagine this is the best team that we've seen so far this year. He is Mike Rabe. He is the head coach of the 5-0 and Katie Maid Creek Rams. Coach, congratulations again on, on your fantastic start. Uh, enjoy the open week as much as you can, and best of luck down the road. All right, thank you. There he goes, Mike Rabe, the head coach, Katie Maid Creek. 5-0 and for the first time in program history. Uh, awful impressive, and and a win over Katie Cinco Ranch, and, and I, I know people are going to look at that and say, yeah, well, they were undefeated, and Cinco Ranch was winless. That is not the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so far from the point because <laughs> Cinco Ranch, I know that they're they're in a bad way right now, but that is traditionally the second best team in that district, and uh, they have uh, and and Made Creek, I think, made a statement there. And uh, look, obviously, work still to do. Uh, Open week, then they play Tompkins on a Thursday night. It's a huge game for them. Yep, massive game. Probably the dif- difference between, with all due respect to uh, those teams, second and third with Katie looming uh, on September 1st. But right now, if you're Maid Creek, I, I, you just feel like the confidence has got to be so high mm-hmm. that they feel like they can hang with anybody. Figures to be a, 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 a fun fun stretch here for Maid Creek as they are 5-0 and for the first time in program history. We appreciate Coach Mike Rabe joining us. Excuse me. Oh my gosh! Oh god! Glad I did that now and not with him on the phone. <laughs> we let me find my read. Hold on. <coughs> As you can tell, we're just a really professional. Thing. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, along with Wells Fargo, and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon. TexasFall.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it to you. Voting at TexasFootball.com is open right now. Voting closes each Friday at noon, and we announce the winner right here on this very program. Ishmael Johnson reads his name sometimes if he's here. (laughs) Maybe this week we'll let you read his name. That's the real treat is when they read your name. (laughs) Your Week 5 Player of the Week nominees, Mr. TexasFootball Player of the Week nominees, and let me just start here. Hold on. Mm -hmm. Okay. This fr- I feel like the first one, mm-hmm. the first nominee that I'm going to read, is indicative of what it's going of like the average of what it takes to get into this list. It is a ridiculous week of performance. That's fair. Let's go ahead and look at it. Laredo United South running back Brian ben- Benavides ran for 309 yards and six touchdowns, and also caught two passes for 17 yards. That's kind of like the Do you need yeah you need those that's numbers that's the to vibe get you're yeah. going to need to get here. Yeah. Roma wide receiver and defensive back Hiram Flores had 12 tackles, two tackles for loss, and three interceptions. He also caught five passes for 71 yards and a score. Right. Three picks, man. (laughs) China Spring running back Emmanuel Abdullah ran for 545 yards and five touchdowns. Good God. Hawley running back Colton Marshall carried the ball. This is the ridiculous line. Yeah, here we go. 13 carries. 503 yards, seven touchdowns for Colton Marshall Polly. Uh. Melissa quarterback Brendan Lewis threw for 307 yards and three touchdowns, ran for 200 yards and four touchdowns. He was 300-200. <laughs> Stratford athlete, this is ridiculous too, Stratford athlete Luton Romero, okay, 68 yards and two touchdowns rushing. Nice. Three catches, 12 yards, and a touchdown. Sure. Cool. Eight tackles, a pass breakup, two interceptions, and he returned an interception for a touchdown. Good. That's Good a complete work. game. Good day's work. 
Fort Worth, South, Fort Worth Northside wide receiver Dwayne Lofton caught five passes for 215 yards and three touchdowns. Plus, he carried the ball four times for 80 yards and two scores. Frost athlete Ramon Manriquez, two punt return touchdowns, 75 yards rushing, 15 tackles, three tackles for loss, a forced fumble, two sacks, two interceptions, and he returned an interception Golly. for a touchdown. This sounds like Madden rookie. No, though. this is like, yeah, <laughs> like, these are ridiculous <laughs> numbers. Refurio running back and linebacker Yasidrio Muscorio carried the ball 11 times for 112 yards and four touchdowns. Plus, he had 17 tackles and five tackles for loss in their win over Mark. And finally, another 300-200. Conroe quarterback Christian Pack threw for 371 yards and four touchdowns and ran for 201 yards and touchdown, and he had a receiving touchdown. I don't even know how you do that. Those are your Week 5 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Yeah, have yeah, fun good, it, Yeah, I'm just glad I don't have to vote. Right. I don't have to pick. This is the nice part of my job. Laredo United South running back uh, Brian Benavides, Romo, or Roma wide receiver and defensive back Hiram Flores, China Spring running back Emmanuel Abdullah, Holly running back Colton Marshall, Melissa quarterback Brendan Lewis, Stratford athlete Luden Romero, Fort Worth Northside wide receiver Dwayne Lofton, Frost athlete Ramon Manriquez, Refurio running back and linebacker Yasidrio Mascoro, and Conroe quarterback Christian Pack. Vote early, vote often, vote now at TexasFootball.com. I'm just, again, I'm just glad we, like, we get to narrow it down to 10, and that's hard enough. Like, there are dudes with crazy numbers that didn't make this list. Mm-hmm. Dave Camel's Texas Football is proud to honor one team from each public school classification with the Team of the Week Award. The schools selected throughout this course of this program have best exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 5 Dave Camel's Texas Football Teams of the Week. In 6A, San Antonio Brandeis. In a battle of unbeaten squads with the early District 28-6A pole position on the line, the Brandeis offense exploded for a dominant 51-16 win over San Antonio Brennan. In 5A, Pflugerville Weiss. The Wolves earned their first ever district victory, knocking off previously unbeaten Bastrop on the road with a resounding 34-7 win. In 4A, Gilmer, the Buckeyes snapped the state's longest winning streak using a dominant defensive effort to become the first team in 33 games to beat Newton 16-0. In 3A, Troy, the Trojans turned the district 10-3A Division I race on its head, scoring the first 17 points of the game and never looking back to topple previously unbeaten in state-ranked Cameron Yo. 59-41. In 2A, Refurio, in a highly anticipated rematch of the 2017 championship game, the Bobcats rallied from an early deficit to knock off Nemesis Mart 48-40. And in 1A, Rankin, the Red Devils improved to 5-0 with a 60-46 win on the road against state-ranked power Garden City. So those are your Week 5 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. In 6A, San Antonio Brandeis. In 5A, Pflugerville, Pflugerville Weiss. In 4A, Gilmer in 3A, Troy in 2A, Refurio, and in 1A, Ranking. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. That is very cold. I was about to say, it's been sitting there for a uh, while. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's wrap it all up with a nice campus crawl. Campus crawl, our college football look at the weekend. Uh, and, of course, I do it in a random order. If you can guess the order, drop it in the comments, and we will say your name if it's right. 
So we will start first with SMU. Uh, that is uh, that is how you handle uh, expectations. Yeah, you want to see a dead body? <laughs> <laughs> that was impressive. And by the way, it wasn't as close as what the score indicates either. No, it was not. SMU jumped all over them early. And uh, South Florida. They go on the road at South Florida. That game ends 48-21. Uh, no. I think it was 41 nothing at one point. I think it was 41 nothing at one point. Yeah. It was at least 34 nothing. I think right. I turned it off at halftime. Yeah. It was 34 nothing. I'm like, okay, that's done. Yep. Uh, Shane Bouchelle was very sharp. Uh, Xavier Jones ran for 155 yards. Uh, defense was terrific. Uh, overall, this was this was what you wanted to see from a, from a conference opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the now... Nationally ranked SMU Mustangs, um, very impressive stuff from SMU. And and look, we kind of saw this coming. Once they beat TCU, we were like, man, USF. Now they get Tulsa. Yep. Temple. Man, I mean, Temple's better really than good. than people may realize. Yeah. But it's opening up. And by the way, I mean, at Houston gets interesting. There, sure. But sure. Still, very impressive from SMU. Speaking of Houston, Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh. What do we know? <laughs> right? Like, everyone, including me, buried Houston mm-hmm. after the GR King news. We're thinking, man, there is absolutely no They're done. way. Tanking the season. Going oh, it's on the road. Yeah. On the road. There's no way. But they go out there and basically, for the first time, run the ball really well. Patrick Carr was great in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clayton Toon ran for 100 yards. Yeah. Uh, and more importantly, the defense, I think, really stepped up, and they made North Texas one-dimensional. They stopped Trey Siggers basically all game. They did not let them run the ball, establish the run. They came up, and, and more importantly, they came up with big special teams plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marquez Stevenson had a kick return for a touchdown. Um Every time they needed a counterpunch, they came up with it. They jump on them early, and then they just they, they were like they're happy to trade blows. Super impressive stuff for for Houston to go on the road and and win this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Mason Fine looked a little uncomfortable too. He, yep. didn't, he didn't get sacked a lot, but it was a lot of like they running. put a lot of pressure on. Yeah, it was a lot he of was always, and yeah, rushes. He was, yeah, it was, yeah, that's that's the way you beat North Texas is to get to Mason Fine and to get him uncomfortable. Really, really impressive. Which hasn't been that hard to do because the offensive line has not. It will get well to North Texas. I'm just saying, it's not hard to do. <laughs> Speaking of teams that impressed us, TCU. That's a nice bounce back. Yeah. It's a really nice bounce back. Um, the quarterback situation, it remains weird. Both Alex Delton and Max Duggan actually look pretty good yeah, in this one. But, but I just but what, again, what are you getting with Alex Delton? More importantly, like, more importantly, Darius Anderson ran for 115 yards. Right. And Darren Barlow played well. They got to Mark Way Foster. Our boy, our, our, yeah. our, our, our uh, funky president scored yeah. his first place touchdowns. Mark Way Foster runs for a touchdown. Uh, they run for 319 yards. That's the name of the game. And then they just total. And then the defense did what we expected the defense to be able to do all year, which mm-hmm. is just completely stifle a bad team in, in Kansas. They held them uh, under 200 yards. Uh, really impressive stuff from from TCU. This was their most complete game of the year. Just More, pick a quarterback. <laughs> just pick a just quarterback. Pick a quarterback. I'm sorry, like the, <laughs> you're we're, not. We're too far. Alex into it. Delton, like you know what you're getting with him at this point. Just start Max Duggan. Like I just. Uh. I think yeah, I think it's got to be Max Duggan. I think he's he's the guy, and just go forward with him. I think maybe if I mean, just I have get, some consistency and let him get in a rhythm. Yeah, let and him I grow. Get, I get that. Like I think Dalton's a captain, so like you know, might, he might be something with the locker room, and he, Patterson might appreciate his leadership and his experience. But it's like, man, you know what that offense is with Alex Dalton, right? You so. absolutely do. Baylor, mm. um, mostly awesome. Yeah, mostly awesome. 
I don't think it's awesome that you jump out to a twenty nothing lead and then cough it up in the fourth quarter. That's yeah. not awesome. I think I told Shahan like if 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 somebody would have told me that final score just re- randomly, oh sure, cool, yeah, yeah, look, beat yeah. Iowa State, cool. If she told me that they gave up a twenty point lead, <laughs> to yeah, do it, I was like, oh okay, it uh, was <laughs> it was really weird because it's like they got twenty to nothing, and they took their foot off the gas. Yeah, the defense just like really let I stopped up. watching the offense, <laughs> like the offense. Went like three and out, three and out, three and out, and yeah. like let Iowa State back in this game. And hey, you know what? Um, uh, uh, big time credit, shout out to uh, John Mayers who who shook off a lot of nerves mm-hmm. and and had a lot of pressure and made a pressure kick to win that game. And Baylor should not apologize for winning. Uh, I think that if you want to pick nits, there's certainly nits to be picked, but. Wins are wins. Four and zero, one and zero in conference. A game that probably at the beginning of the year we didn't think they were going to win. That's a great win for Baylor. They extend Matt Rule, by the way. Yeah, uh, basically just increases buyout, which is right. Yeah, like like, you know what I mean. Not, just make it harder leave. for him to leave. You better not leave for the Jets. Like, right. <laughs> That's basically what it's like. You're not leaving for the Jets. Uh, anyway, very impressive stuff from Baylor uh, for three quarters, and then at the very very end. But for fourth quarter, let's let's fix that fourth quarter. Yeah. How about that? Did you hear the stat at the beginning of the game when they said that last year when they played in Ames, it was 25 degrees, and then this time when they played, it felt like it was 148 degrees of on course. the turf. Like, that's that was yeah. a crazy stat. Iowa State fans were Ugh. complaining about, uh, like, the way they could figure the stadium is that Baylor's in the shade during <laughs> afternoon games yeah. and Iowa State's in the, in the sun. It's like, yes, yeah, that's absolutely. why you build stadiums like that. That is, that is the whole that's point. every stadium that's, in Texas. <laughs> that's the point. The sun sets on that right. side. <laughs> Texas Tech. Ooh. Yeah. Look, you gave up 645 yards to... I mean, when we're looking back in Jalen Hurts Heisman ceremony, we're seeing a lot of tech right. highlights. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was seventeen of twenty-four, <laughs> four hundred fifteen yards. Yeah. Um. Uh, th- th- they miss Ellen Bowman. Yeah. Man. I also think Oklahoma's defense might be pretty good, mm-hmm. but the quarterbacks basically Jet Duffy more or less started the game and more or less right. was the guy. Right. He goes eleven of twenty for one hundred twenty yards. Uh, but they had no downfield. Actually, presence. I think they started Tyner. Did they I think start Tyner? I, I, I want to say Tyner started. That's I th- right. I thought yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, That's right. I'm sorry. But regardless, they were like, yeah, Duffy, get in there. Duffy, get in there. <laughs> he goes 11 to 20 for 120 yards. Uh, look, they had no downfield presence. Right. None. They yeah. could not push the ball down the field, and and Oklahoma's defense is fast enough to stiff that out. In mm-hmm. any case, it was not good for Oklahoma. It was not good for Tech. Next week, they get Oklahoma State at home, who's now ranked. Fun. <laughs> Another team that can throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's another Texas quarterback yeah. who's gone north of the border. Anyway, oh, why'd you gotta bring that up? Sorry, <laughs> Texas A and M. okay. Oof. Mm. All right, you almost lost to Ben Hicks. You almost got Ben Hicks. <laughs> um, I had my bit. Arkansas oh, I was basically I throwing this. into the end zone at the end of this game to win the game. Right. I'm more upset that I had my Ben Picks tweet ready to go. <laughs> so Nick Starkle gets hurt. They bring in Ben Hicks, and Ben Hicks starts carving them up. Right. I was like, this he is not aggressive. the SMU Ben Hicks. I was, I was like, where's the where's uh-uh. the Ben Hicks that throws the costly interception that inhibits this offense? Now I'm like, Arkansas can't put Nick Starkle back in. They looked really good. Right. So here's but anyway, the other back thing. to A&M. Here's yeah. the other thing about A&M. 
There's this weird segment of Aggie Twitter mm-hmm. that thinks that Kellen Mond is the problem. No. I'm not here. I'm not here to tell you that Kellen Mond has been sensational. Right. And Kellen Mond certainly spent a lot of time in the offseason telling us that he was ready to become the best quarterback in the SEC, and he is not the best quarterback in the SEC. Mm-hmm. If you want to hold him to that standard, that's fine. Yep. But he is not on the big list of problems. Nope. You that's want to talk about what the big list of problems is? Let's start up front. Biggest dudes on the field. Line. That <laughs> offensive line is an is a liability mm-hmm. at this point, and. They got to get that fixed because, by the way, now they get an open week, and then uh, who's the um? Oh, okay, they play Alabama. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's always fun. Um, it's okay to not. But have they're not good up front, are they? <laughs> no, they're yeah, whatever. And then, by the way, they the still have uh, Georgia on the road. It, is yeah. Georgia good up front? You know, it depends on the year. And then they go to LSU. Is LSU good up front? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying <laughs> that, like, again, a win's a win, and you don't apologize for wins. Right. But that's a bad Arkansas. That's a bad Arkansas team. That nearly nipped them. Concerning, I would say. Yeah. UTEP, that went exactly as I thought it was going to go. Oh man, they just you know, uh, ja- they got carved up by they got carved up by Jack Abraham. Jack uh-huh. Abraham, by the way, is a really good quarterback that nobody pays attention to, but he's really good there uh, at uh, Southern Miss. <coughs> but again, if they're not running the ball, and basically Kyle Oxley ran the ball for 114 yards to the score, it was pretty good. He mm-hmm. had a 63 yard touchdown run uh, in the second half to open the game. Open the second half. To make this thing kind of a ball game, ish, but they have no passing game, and teams can basically key up their running game. Their running backs. I want to look at this. Their running backs. Let me do a quick some quick math. Ran the ball thirteen times for do 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 twelve yards. Yep. Hmm. Fourteen times for twelve yards. Hmm. That's not good. No. And that's because teams can load it up, and mm-hmm. they're they're making they're making the quarterback beat them. And the bottom line is they don't have a quarterback that can beat them. And your defense is probably not good enough to to hold off a good team like Southern Miss. Yep. Just uh, that that was a they are what they are type game. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, <clears throat> but now they speaking of what speaking well, of they are what they are, let's talk about North Texas. Okay. Because I'm not quite sure I know what they are. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if I'm guessing on what they are. It's a middle-of-the-road Conference USA team. The offensive line is a problem. The def- the special teams are a problem. Mm-hmm. Big-time problem. And the defense, especially against the run, is having a lot of problems. Yeah. Having trouble. That is just not a good combination. And we, we saw flashes of it late last year where they couldn't protect Towards Mason Fine. Yeah. They, they, it's the same problems. This was a winnable game, an absolutely winnable game. And by the way, the schedule, they go to Southern Miss, they get Middle Tennessee, uh, they've still got to go at Louisiana Tech. They're tough games to go. They host UAB. They host UAB. They're tough games to go. So I would just say that if you're North Texas, you got to figure out some protection schemes to find a way to keep Mason fine clean because that's the biggest issue. And by the way, don't fall down like 17 nothing. Right. It's a thought. UTSA uh, had the week off, right? I didn't miss a UTSA game, did I? No, they had the week off. Yeah, they had the week off. Yeah. He said confidently. <laughs> I was. I always do that thing where I'm like, did they play and I just totally missed it? They didn't. Well, no. no well, now they have a, uh, a very crucial game against one UTEP this week. Yes, they In do. the battle of, y'all better win this game. Y'all better. Yeah. it's a, To both teams. I don't, it's it's one, a, only yeah, one of uh, you can win, but y'all better win this game. Yeah. You better win. Yeah. There, there's no yeah. excuse for her. Yeah. Right. But one team has to lose, but both teams, y'all better win. You better yeah. win. <laughs> both teams, y'all better win. Texas, 
off. Yeah. Uh, now they get. They're at West Virginia, West yep. by God, Virginia, to set up the uh, uh, to so set, set up Red, Red River. River. Yep. So take care. Don't be looking ahead. Right. West Virginia's not good. Don't be looking ahead. Yep. They burn couches on the road, right? They burn couches. <laughs> they, do, they do burn couches. Rice. <sighs> so close. So close. They're getting better. They're the best own five team in the country. Yep. I firmly believe that. Are they the only own five team? I, I honestly don't know. I've been saying that. I need I'm to like, look. <laughs> I've been trying to find. There's no like. way there's a better own five team than them. Um, I was right. Aston Walter ran the ball well. Uh, they they just got to quit. Like the less they ask of their quarterbacks, the better. Yeah. But that def- I think that defense is legit. Like sure, I think that defense sure. is actually pretty good. Jamar Smith. Jamar like t- Texas gave up more. To Louisiana Tech than Rice did. <laughs> That's true. Rice is trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. They lose in overtime. It sucks, but trending in the right direction. I'm I'm buying in. I'm buying in. I'm positive about them. And finally, Texas State. And here with a Texas State commentary is proud Texas State alumnus <laughs> Ishmael Johnson. They won. That's all that matters. Um, that was, I, dude. I I told you in the Slack chat. Yeah, there was about thirty minutes yep. where I was afraid to refresh it yep. because I was like, "Oh no!" Because it was yep. three three at half. It was three three at half. Uh, offense really couldn't get out of its own way. Defense shut down a really 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 good Nichols def- uh, yeah. offense. Like that was probably the, one of the best offenses in, S- in FCS. Defense looked incredible without Brian London. By the way, he was out. Uh, I, he walked off his own, on his own power, so I don't know if it was just precautionary, but he did not play, or if he did, he did not play a lot the second half. Um, and the offense finally clicked, and it was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> then they put up 24 or 21 in the second half and uh, looked like a totally new team. Um, I don't know what it, what it says that they let Nichols hang around. Nichols is a good team, but it's still Nichols and an FCS team. Nichols is a, is a solid FCS team with yeah. a solid offense. Right. So this is, I think, a credit to the Texas State defense. Mm-hmm. But that offense just and granted, I should I'll give credit to Chris Jensen. Second half was legitimately yes. good. Um, they figured he, something out. He, they figured something out. They took shots deep. I think that's one of the things. Uh, Nichols couldn't load up as much as that they wanted to. Um, and they got to win. You know, they're uh, one game away from 500 now. I mean, heading into uh, heading into the bye, and then I think they get Louisiana Monroe, which mm-hmm. I mean, they can get back to 500. You know, season still a lot of seasons still to play. So by that the, is. By the way, there are two other zero and five teams. Who are they? Akron and New Mexico State. Rice is the best zero and five team in the country. <laughs> I can actually agree with that one. And now, <laughs> that's the campus crawl. Did anybody guess the order? I've got some comments to read. If okay, ish. Um, so one of them was worst offensive ranks. No. What about? It does have to do with offense, though. It does. Oh, okay. Well, win points difference. From point differential, yeah, point differential no. from most to least. It is from total rushing touchdowns from most to least. Okay. SMU Good leading God. the way, yeah. and Texas State. <laughs> no, no one gets the pat on the back this week. No, nope. sorry, no guys. one guessed it, That's unless fine. I missed it. I and if so. I did, I'm sorry. Does Texas State have one rushing touchdown? I think they have like three. Okay, but it's it's like <laughs> last by a considerable rate. right. <laughs> uh, we are going to uh, we're going to forego final thoughts uh, because our producer Ashley is over there dying. So yeah. currently, yes. we're just gonna 
call it there. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Very special thanks to Katie Maid Creek coach Mike Rabe for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please give me your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.